This podcast is for adults 21 years of age and over. We talk about cannabis history and advertise cannabis products. If you're not 21, please come back when you are. Spoke Media. Greetings, folks. It's Abdullah. And Bean. And welcome back for another episode of Great Moments in Weed History. On this show, Bean and I, who are both cannabis journalists and media makers, go through one of the more fascinating points in the very, very long history of cannabis. I have no prior knowledge of the story we're about to hear. Bean has written and researched it, and he's going to tell it to me and you, and we're going to sit around and get high and have some tasty beverages and generally have a great time. So join us. Bean, what do you got for us today? Well, it's a little bit different today. Oh, yeah? I noticed there's a a third (laughs) chair in the room. And who says that smoking weed kills your power of observation? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Telling you, the first thing I noticed when I walked in here, third chair. Yes, indeed. We have a very, very special guest today who has come to tell us about an incredibly great moment in weed history. It's one that happened right here in the City of Angels where we're recording. And it's one... That not only happened in our lifetimes, but that we both experienced. Wow. Oh, my God. So my mind is racing through some of the Los Angeles great moments that I've personally experienced. Uh, I can't think of one yet that this might be. Let's bring in our special guest. Well, I think first you got to do a little work. You got to roll something up. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. In all my excitement, I just left these nugs unground right in front of me. I'm going to mitigate this right now. Well, I think while you're working on that, I can go grab our very special guest. And then I think we're ready for another great moment in weed history. This is certainly a familiar face, a fixture in the Los Angeles cannabis and our communities. My man, Jesus Hands. How you guys doing? Yeah, I thought you guys might have uh, intersected at some point. We have. Of course, Jesus Hands is an L.A. staple, and we've run into each other at weed parties, and we even filmed together a little bit in the past. But I don't know all the details about the very, very important great moment in weed history that Jesus Hands himself executed right here in L.A. Uh, Why don't you tell us some more about it? There's a pretty iconic sign here in Los Angeles, and it says uh, mostly Hollywood (laughs) for the vast majority of its life. And I got to say, I was just talking about this the other day, like, I've lived in Los Angeles. I'm here a lot to work. Every time I see that sign, it does something to me. Never more so for me (laughs) than on a certain morning when I woke up, (laughs) living in Los Angeles at the time, and uh, had a gander at it, and it seemed to have been altered in some way. What what, what did it say, my friend? You know what? It it was changed to say Hollyweed. 
That's right. So thanks to Jesus Hands, on New Year's Day 2017, all the Angelinos within view of the Hollywood sign read it, and it said Hollyweed. That's right. Holy mm-hmm. shit, man. Just that simple little change, those two little letters, to, <laughs> to shout from the rooftops truly and tell the people that a new era is on its way, an era of weed here in Los Angeles and here in California. Thank you so much for doing that. It was a huge moment. It made the news. It was fucking everywhere. And people were really excited. A lot of people were wondering how the fuck you managed to single-handedly alter (laughs) two letters on this gigantic sign. So, yeah, that's nuts, man. What inspired you to do this in the first place? So... A few things come to mind. Uh, 2016, it's a crazy year for me personally, I think for a lot of people. But, you know, there's a lot leading up to that year in my life that brought me to doing that, whether it was working in the cannabis industry or working in in the space of arts. um, It was really taking that and combining both of them. And all my experiences and failures and learning experiences and being able to project it into something to scale. And I think just to put it in perspective, that was the first day that cannabis was fully legal in the state of California. That's we right, voted on right. it in November 2016, but the law didn't take effect until New Year's Day. And then I think a lot of people needed a little cheering up right around yeah, that exactly. time. Seriously, yep, man. Exactly. Now, a lot of people don't remember this uh, because it was also the day that Donald Trump was elected president. And, you know, obviously... That that's what, uh, you know, took over all the headlines. But a bunch of places legalized cannabis in various forms on that day as well. There was a number of ballot initiatives voted on. And in California, we voted in recreational, legal, adult use cannabis. Yes. And since then, I mean, in terms of reactions throughout the cannabis community, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. At the time, it was a real momentous occasion, and we were all like, holy shit, what's the world going to look like? What better way to bring in that new year than a Hollyweed sign? And this is what's kind of fun for us. First time we've had a guest in the studio. It's kind of the most recent, by far the most recent story. We've done a lot of stories like from the 70s. And, oh, red. Um yeah. And so it is redefining what weed history even is. It, it, really, the moment you did it was this uh, pivotal, transformative moment in certainly California weed history, but I think for the world. And you said like, oh, if you saw the sign that morning, but people didn't have to live in Los Angeles or specific parts of Los Angeles because that shit, my, I don't oh, even, yeah. I'm on Instagram like once a month and my Instagram was just a hundred thousand pictures of that <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. It, it hit the airwaves hard and fast for sure. I mean, it was all over Instagram, it was all over social media, it was all over the news. In Hollywood, a shocking sight. Overnight, the iconic 45-foot-tall Hollywood sign altered to read Hollyweed. The Hollyweed sign, I'm sorry, the Hollywood sign. By the uh, way, this story caught fire over the weekend. On New Year's Day, California woke up to find one of its most iconic landmarks defiled by pro-pot pranksters. It was funny. You know, in, in uh, Big Lebowski, when he says that thought had not occurred to us, dude. Yeah. When did the idea to change the Hollywood sign first occur to you, dude? The thought to change the Hollywood sign came to me about two months before I changed it. So it would have been like October. I had the thought to change the sign to say love. And, and so you were, you were thinking you would like cover the entire sign with another just, sign that said love or somehow black yeah, out? Yeah, black it out to say oh, okay, love. Gotcha. And I was like, 
trying to figure it out. I was like, nah, it's not going to work. And I was just going through my head of different combinations of things that I could say. And Hollyweed was not one of them, mind you. A week later, on the porch again, chilling, fucking on my Instagram. And I don't know if the fucking algorithm was already fucking dialed at this point or what, but they fucking tuned into my brain cell and all my friends' fucking feed it fucking showed Hollyweed. And I went, the fuck? No. No fucking way. Hollyweed? I'm like, that's my fucking sign. That's what I'm going to fucking do. That's <laughs> it right there. That's it. I'm fucking doing it. And and what was that? What was that photo from? It was from Danny Feingood in 1976. In the dark of night, some marijuana fanciers snuck up to the fabled Hollywood sign high in the hills above Tinseltown and strung sheets to make it read Hollyweed. So this is the original guy who years ago, decades ago, did the Hollyweed thing. So your project was kind of an homage to this fella. That's right. Exactly. Okay. And, and, and it was just like this synchronicity. It was just to see that and then and then to have that show up, I was like, okay, that's a sign. And I had no idea that anybody had even fucked with the Hollywood sign ever. And then and then I looked and I saw somebody like change it to like Kesha Wood. And I was like, oh, get the fuck out of here. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Not as cool. Not cool. <laughs> and so I was like, nah, nah, nah. And, it, you know, just because something happens once doesn't mean it can't happen again in history. And I think that's the beautiful part about history is, is you learn from the past. And so, and so that's what I, I did. And, and, you know, I attempted to recruit people to help me, but everybody thought I was crazy. And they're like, they couldn't comprehend that that had happened. And I was like, nah, it's happened, guys. Listen to me. Here's, and here's why. He did it for an art project and he did it for the, to sign the decriminalization from a felony to a misdemeanor. And so I was like, whoa, it's going to be going from a fucking misdemeanor to fucking legal. I'm like, whoa, this is a whole other level. It's history starting to repeat. Okay. Yeah, I did a little I did a little research on on uh, Danny Finegood, very very much a friend of the podcast. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but I'm going to read a bit from his obituary in the LA Times just so we we bring in his story. So he he grew up in Los Angeles and he lived near the sign and it was like imprinted on him. You know, you can just imagine. He lived, he grew up somewhere where he could see the sign every time he walked out wow. right, right, the yeah. door. And the sign itself was built in 1923. Do either you guys, do you know why it was built? No, I don't. I know originally uh, from a movie called The Rocketeer, I learned this, uh, that it said Hollywood Land. And then also from The Rocketeer, I learned that The Rocketeer crashed into the land part, and that's why it says Hollywood. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're up on the <laughs> yeah, You're so up on the story. I have all the facts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what is the story? It, it was, I was Hollywood land and it was uh, a promotional campaign for like a housing development. Wow. No kidding. They were just, it was housing development called Hollywood land that was like, you know, this was a very new idea in 1923 wow. to like build a whole development wow. and they're trying to sell it. Yeah. Um, and people That's just... a huge sign to build just that. <laughs> it's fucking massive. That's insane. Letters too. It's just like... But yeah, so so what happened? So this is, now this is from the Los Angeles Times obit. The first time Danny Feingood played a word game with the Hollywood sign, he hung curtains to make it read Hollyweed. That was January 1st, 1976, the day the state's relaxed marijuana law took effect, as as you said, going from a felony to a misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. So 
He also, at various times later, he changed it to say Hollywood because the Pope was coming. And oh, so just blacking out one L? <laughs> yeah. That's rad. And <laughs> one time he had it say Hollywood to protest against Oliver North during the Iran-Contra scandal. Ah, oh, interesting. God. Wow, that's yeah. that convenient. Yeah. You know what I mean? Th- that sign can be used to express yeah. so many different things. You know what? We should black it out at some point so it just says, woo. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you you say that, but uh, and and one time he during the P- Persian Gulf War he made it say oil war. Wow. wow. That's that great. one they took down very fast. <laughs> oh, I bet. But that's clever, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's really a statement. good. And so Fine Good considered these alterations to be pranks, but also works of environmental sculpture. Absolutely. The Hollyweed sign, the first one, and that was the first time he changed the sign. It was originally conceived as a class project when he was an art major at Cal State Northridge. He started by making a scale model of the Hollywood sign, and then he spent about $50 on black curtains. But this was, you know, in the 70s, so that would be almost $200 yeah. in today's curtain dollars. Curtain. <laughs> Have you seen how expensive goddamn curtains are these days? <laughs> Shit, man. So, uh... Just continuing with this obit, uh, Fine Good and his three accomplices use stones and ropes to hang the sheets. And I'm, I'm dying to hear how you did it, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we're going to need a uh, play-by-play. And they base their methods on how you raise sails on a ship. And according to his wife, Daniel's parents were up early that morning to catch the sign. They were very proud of him that he had thought this up. And this daring act earned him an A on the class project. And it's also how he actually started dating his wife. Whoa. She thought it was pretty cool. Wow, amazing. So for you, it was like, you know, it was at the end of a marriage. And for him, it was at the beginning of a marriage. May I add something about something that I found? out after. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, his, his birthday. It's March 21st. Mine is March 22nd. What? Right? Right? Isn't that Dude, weird? That's crazy. It's one day later. One I'm day. Gonna, I'm going to do something we've never done before on Great Moments in Weed History. We're going to set up a speculative ghost microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and if the spirit moves him and, and yes. Daniel wants to chime in, I think the portal is open at this point. We're almost through with this joint, but there's just enough left. Daniel, the weed in 2019, you want to try it. It's really good. It worked, buddy. It worked. The weed is really good now. But also, if you could bring us a little of that old school, like uh, Maui Wowie shit that was around LA in the we'll 70s. Try. Yeah, yeah. We'll try. We'll have a nice session. And just to round out his story and, and they will get into the meat of this. He also tipped off. There was no social media. So he called some reporters and people in the media and said, this is going to happen. You're going to want to get a really good picture of it. And that made the image go around the world. It took a lot longer for the image to go around the world, but it did. And the Los Angeles Times in their account of this referred to him as a vandal. And he wrote them a letter and he said, we broke no laws and did no damage to the sign. An artist's thoughts throughout history has been to create representations of the culture they exist in. By hanging four relatively small pieces of fabric on the landmark, we were able to change people's perceptions. Yeah, man, that's the best kind of public art or street art or whatever you want to call it. That actually doesn't do any permanent damage. It's not an inconvenience to anyone, right? That's key. Uh, yeah. but, but it still says something. 
and is a strong image. And I mean, the clever thing about this one is that it's visible from everywhere. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. it's pretty brilliant on all levels. All right, I think we're gonna take our little break. Okay, yeah, sounds get, good. Get get paid to smoke some weed, <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna go from your inspiration to your action. Awesome. And we're back. We are about to find out exactly how my man Jesus Hands turned the Hollywood sign into the Hollyweed sign for one very special day at the beginning of 2017. Yeah, and I know we we just had a joint and we're smoking a joint, but the epic scale of this story, I think, yep. Requires a second. You're going to have to start rolling a joint. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when did it go from inspiration to action mode? I started to think very simple. I've never been up to the sign. So about two weeks before, I decided to hike up. So I got up early in the morning and mobbed up. Uh, I'm I'm not that cool. Mobbed up. <laughs> <laughs> mobbed up. So mobbing. Where I grew up, mobbed up meant one thing. <laughs> I don't think that 90s. you got three guys all named Tony in the car with you. <laughs> well, there's Anthony, Anthony, and Tony. Tony Jr. <laughs> oh, no. Tony Jr.'s. <laughs> oh, well, we'll talk about another. <laughs> I got tone. That's Let's another go. great. Don't moment. talk about Tony Jr. <laughs> so what's mobbed up? So, so then I took an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> That's me mobbing up. <laughs> um, so where where do you get dropped off? What's it like there? And then so, that, so, what's the hike? So you, when you go up uh, Beachwood, it's a neighborhood, and at the end of the street, there's a gate that the neighbors or the people on the street, the residents, fought to get in. In, in place because people would be going up to the Hollywood sign and back in the hills past sunset and causing a big stir. So I think the gate was there for about two years prior to me doing this. You know, it's really a, just a deterrent. Well, had you done other things like this before? Had you had you changed signs? Had you nope. uh, gone places you weren't necessarily supposed to go? In the term of like being a rebel, yes. I wasn't doing any large scale installations. Like I'd done smaller things around Los Angeles, like in like the riverbed. And so that was really my exposure to, to like art on like a large scale. Cool. And so you're at the gate. Uh, Back to the gate. Let's go to the gate. gate. So, what, what's that? What's the gate look like? So the gate is just like it's a green gate, maybe like 12 feet tall. I don't know if it's green, maybe beige. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I'm just thinking fucking colors now. I'm just throwing shit. We all smoke weed here. The, <laughs> the color of a gate from three yeah. years ago. Uh, you're off the, the hook for that. Trivial detail. <laughs> I think there's a little rust on there. <laughs> he didn't do it. That gate is chartreuse. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's full of shit. But anyways, back to the hill. Yeah. L- l- so I'm 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 coming up Beachwood. I go. I pass through the gate. There's a security guard there in the morning, chilling. And I'm like, all right, cool. There's a guard here. Check. And there's a hiking trail that you can go up. So I hike up the trail. I get to the top of Mount Lee, and it's about 7 in the morning. As I get up there, there's, like, three other hikers. And <laughs> and, and you, you've got, like, all your gear on you right now. So you've got what? Like, what do you have with you? I, I don't have anything with me at this point. I'm just hiking in the morning. This is Okay, this is you scouting. Okay, He's gotcha. casing the joint. I, I'm, gotcha. I'm casing the joint. As Tony Jr. would say. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Tony Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah, cut that out. So so I get to the top and two, two other people up there, one of them has an American flag and he has, has his dog with him and he's putting up an American flag on top of 
Mount Lee when I get up there in the morning. And I'm like, wow, interesting. Whoa, this is weird. And I'm like, check, like, note. I look around and there's a bunch of trash everywhere. And I'm like, this place is dirty. I'm like, and I'm looking and there's a bunch of cameras everywhere. And I'm like, okay, you have a, a grip of cameras, but you have a bunch of trash. Like, nobody's really watching what's going on. I see cigarette butts everywhere. Like, nobody really cares, but people are pretty halfway responsible. But I see the guy putting up the flag and I'm like, yo, that is a fucking sign. He's fucking expressing himself in the way of, you know, embracing America for what it is or was at the moment on that day. And that guy was like, I'm taking this hill for America. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. This hill is going to be claimed (laughs) by its rightful owner. So anyways, so you see this. I mean, that is definitely a pretty crazy omen. There's been a a number of omens already. There's a lot of like synchronicity going on. So so what happens next? Then he starts chatting it up with the lady up there. And then I start. You know, and I, I walk down closer to the road, and then you can look over at the back of the sign, and you're looking out towards the city now. And I'm trying to see cameras and their locations. I walk back, and, and I hike back down the mountain, and then I just get right to work in, like, grind mode of, like, okay, what needs to happen? What do I need to do? And and I didn't know, like, the, like from what you read, like, they don't give you, like, the dimensions or any of that stuff. You know, I, mm. I just had to wing it. Like, I knew I had to do it. I just knew it had to be done. The risk is not that big. Two weeks later, and it's like New Year's Eve, and I'm I'm bucking down to the wire. That day, I'm still going out to grab the rest of the fabric because I couldn't find sheets big enough. We had to fucking sew them together and make a massive one. And and you just got bed sheets from like the from, store, yeah, from, from a the thrift store, store whatever. yeah, from a thrift store. And you had a you have a little crew that you're working with at this point. The funny thing is, it, w- it was my ex wife, so she helped sew the fabric together for me. I fucking came up with the dimensions by looking at the ladder on the side of the fucking letter and then looking up the dimensions on what regulation has for the city for ladders on, on billboards and signs. Oh. <laughs> I swear. And so then I took those measurements and I went off the photo and I, and I measured across and then added like four feet on each one and it was just enough. <laughs> oh, wow. No kidding. Sorry. So it was it was a guesstimate. Yeah. It was a total guesstimate. Holy that shit, shit could have been man. short. And you nailed it because I mean when you look at images of the sign, it's pretty dead on. I mean, like, you know, it, it, it looks perfect. And did did you have any like little Obi-Wan type moment where Daniel was like <laughs> 32 feet. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, that came later. Like, yeah. I swear, later in the story, like, there's a real thing to that. We'd love to hear it. So, I, if, if you're cool with talking about it a little bit, how, how, how did your ex get back into the mix of this project? I just asked her if she could help me. So, in the past, we'd always worked creatively. The work ethic was perfect. Like, it was a good match. It was just perfect. I mean, if it wasn't her, it was going to be somebody else. I mean, but she did a great job. And honestly, I wouldn't have asked it for anybody else to do it. So you've checked it out. You got everything you need at this point to actually pull off this caper. How'd you actually do it? <laughs> How did I do it, man? That's a fucking 99% of it was fucking mental. The physical aspect of it was planning. And w- what I wore that night was camouflage. You know, I live in the United States. I'm going to fucking do it like an American and fucking wear a ca- fucking camo and like, <laughs> you know, like use use what's there, use what's available. And I had this jacket that I thrifted like fucking two years prior and I, and I wore it on the ranch every day. Well, not every day, but I load up clamps on both sides of this jacket. And the clamps are what I use to attach the sheets 
to the sign. So my right side was one O, my left side was another O. The top pockets were <laughs> were the white were, was the the white uh, middle, and then the bottom was the black side. So I had it all just wow, like okay, coordinated yeah. because I didn't have much room for error. You yeah. know, once you're up there, like that's it. You're committed. Yeah, once you're all over the fucking fence. You're committed. You know. Is there anything else that you need? Did you need climbing equipment, ropes, or were you wearing a ski mask, boots? Like <laughs> so I had I had uh, Timberlands on. They were steel toe. Had some jeans. I had thermals because it rained. It, it was scheduled to rain, so I was prepping for fucking rain that night. Oh boy! Yeah, I was. I was ready for January like, in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I had like fucking hand warmers in case I had to hide in the fucking bushes. And then I started getting like a little bit on the paranoid side of like, fuck, man. Like, there's been a lot of fucking shootings from, like, law enforcement. Like, I started yeah. thinking, like, man, I'm going up there with a fucking jacket and a backpack and a bag, a, a fucking duffel bag. I look like a fucking terrorist or somebody that's going to do up <laughs> fucking some thing. shady shit. If you open your jacket, it's nothing but clamps. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems a little sus, right? <laughs> yeah, very. And the and the actual story seems quite sus as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the planning and everything. Yeah. yeah. So the clock's fucking ticking. It's coming up to fucking midnight. And I'm like, okay, shit, my plan was to be there up on the sign by like three and have all my shit. I have the fucking sheets rolled up, folded all fucking proper in each bag. So when I grabbed them, I knew that they would unroll a certain way and fucking fall. And then I could just pull them up. There was no confusion for any of this shit. It had to be down. I still ran into fucking problems. I mobbed up the fucking mountain. And but when I mean mob, I mean me and fucking Tony Jr. <laughs> uh, so what's the path up the mountain like? Is it like paved or rough? Oh, oh it's muddy. And and I wasn't really accounting for like the weight of the mud on my shoes and stuff like that, or to be like, oh fuck, I'm gonna slip while I'm up trying to climb. And this is your first time being up there at night. <laughs> at night alone. So- so that's a new factor. Yeah. And you're coming up, you're saying, behind the sign. Behind the sign. That's right. I was fortunate, too, when I was dropped off at the gate. The security guard wasn't there, but his booth was. He fucking dipped out for the night. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> fucking score. So, I mean, I, yeah, I was in... New Year's Eve. Yeah. Right? I was like, <laughs> yeah, fucking show. getting his, right? <laughs> yeah. Boy, did he have a rough morning. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I hope he at least smokes weed. He's like, New Year's morning. You're like, 19 missed calls from work. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, now, now you're in there. Your your boots are just covered in mud. Covered in mud. So I get up to the back, and there's a fucking gang of light, and I'm fucking starting to freak a little bit. This is the only time I got hesitant. The only time I had doubt was right as I'm turning the, the corner. I remember feeling like, man, all eyes on me all of a sudden because of the fucking light. It's also like the spotlight for you. I guess mm-hmm. so. In a very, very Hollywood way. Yeah, I wonder or if Or a there very was... Hollyweed way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. if there was anyone actually looking at the sign in these next few moments and being like, oh my God, somebody's changing something. And they probably, you know what? They probably assumed that they saw it. Oh, it's probably like a sanctioned ad yeah. campaign or something. But yeah, so, so now, and now, so what happens next? I started to walk down below the front of the sign walked in front of the H and the O and I look up and I can hear the static like two-way radio and I'm like oh shit 
Like, this shit's fucking hot. And I'm like, fuck, somebody could just fucking talk to me right now and be like, leave. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> thou shall not pass. You know what I mean? Like, some crazy shit. And nobody did. And I was like, all right, cool. And there's, there's like two cameras and two sensors on every letter at the bottom. And I think there's one at the top of each letter. There's a bunch of cameras on that fucking sign. Oh, I don't shit. even know. I think there's like 22 total on the top of Mount Lee. One is a direct line back to LAPD. So then I start passing these fucking sensors and they start going off and turning red. Like they're activating the cameras to record. Oh. And I'm like, oh shit. And I notice the fucking ladder does not come all the way down. The bottom of the ladder to climb up the side of the sign is like 15 feet on the first though. And and so, oh. so to get to that, I had to shimmy between the mountain that was cut out around the beam and then the other side of the beam and just go between the two until I got to the bottom of the fucking thing and then pull myself up and then climb. And each letter is like around like 50 feet in height. Holy crap. Yeah. Holy shit. And wow. so the, the task at hand is in the wood part, you have to change two O's to E's. That's right. And you're between these two O's using them to shimmy yourself up the side high enough to drop the drapes, basically. Is there, like, a ledge up there? Or, like, what no, it looks so, like? No, so in order to get across from one side of the letter to the other, there's, like, you know, there's, like, six or eight uh, steel beams that go between the letters for structural strength. I was able to go between two, two of those. On the first letter, I used, like, a tie-down for a truck as, like, my harness. <laughs> as my wow. harness around one of those things, and then I shimmied across. I had to I had to think outside the box because I didn't calculate for the width of the side of the letter to bring the sheet around. This happens to me every time I try to put a fitted sheet on a bed. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've never once gotten it right on the first try. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's a perfect, perfect one, dude. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, I just see pull it harder. So, so meaning it, 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 you, you had to, like, you didn't know if you were doing it the right way, if it was supposed to be 90 degrees rotated, essentially? Yeah. To, in order to rotate it the 90 degrees up. Oh, yeah, right. So you, you didn't know, account for that. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And so what I had to do was I had to take off that fucking harness. And this is five stories up, 50 feet in the air. Yeah, and and the thing, and it's it's slightly windy, so the fucking letter is, like, swaying, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, man. So it's, it's more than reasonable to say you're risking your life at this point yeah. and, to some extent. Yeah. And, yeah. and was that something that— uh, you would have taken that bargain going in, or it just, as adventures do, the stakes raise and raise. Yeah, yeah it's almost, yeah, as they raise, it's like, it's like okay, I guess that is what I signed up for because it's like the challenge and, and being able to, like, solve that problem on the spot. And that's, I think, innate in me. Like, I just, I, I really like that. I like to be able to solve problems. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, a solution-based person for for all. So, like... I guess that was just part of it. And I, and I, it, looking back, like, fuck, man. I, if I was told that that was going to happen, I would have been, like, obviously prepared. But, like, it would have freaked me out. It would have fucking given me a bunch of anxiety. Be like, oh, man, you're going to do that? How, if I was to sit and watch that happen of myself, I'd fucking be freaking out. Like, dude, what are you doing? No, yeah. no, no. You're <laughs> fucked. You know, I would have talked myself out of it. <laughs> For sure. But all the only thing that fucking clicked in my head was, fuck, I did it. Cool. Yeah. Like, like, that's it. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm out of here. I should probably run. And so I started running, <laughs> like, for no fucking reason. Like, just scared myself. And I'm like, why am I running? Like, I'm done. Who gives a fuck? Like, they have now to you're not it. carrying all the shit that yeah. you've yeah, been carrying. Yeah, exactly. So I have it all, like, packed away. I'm cruising. I got back to the, to the point of entry. 
and I started to run a little bit, like I was sprinting, like, and, and as I was running, there was like a little pothole and I, and I rolled my ankle in these boots, bro. bro. Like, uh, how, you know, in boots, like, come on, Tim's, you did me dirty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, so I, I, at that point I was like, yo, just chill, bro. I'm like, you got a joint. It was Jack Rare. I, I just lit up a joint and music was playing. So I had it on shuffle. This is another omen, bro. I had it on shuffle. An artist by the name of Jim James. There's a song called The World Smiling Now. And it came on. And like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because in the distance, I, I was able to see fireworks going off because it was New Year's. To have that song come on and be like, like the world smiling. And, and, and the best part about it is like, I never really got to see the sign completed. I left, I went home. And I didn't see it until the next day, or well, that morning. Right. A few hours later on media. And then, so were you expecting it to blow up the way that it actually did? You no. Know, honestly, you know, while I was up there on the sign, like I said, it got windy and started swaying. Like, I was nervous that the things were going to fucking blow off, bro. I was like, these <laughs> things might fucking blow off. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're going to be strong enough, the clamps. Like, just to have it done, I felt like mission completed like that was a, a the fact that it blew up the way it did like i fucking deflated when i got home i went right to bed i felt like all my powers were used you know what i mean like yeah. that shit was gone bro yeah <laughs> I, was dead. I always sleep really well after something like <laughs> after that pulling off a caper <laughs> yeah um so all right so you got a you got a joint of jack Herrera, and as i'm sure you know not only a legendary weed strain but a legendary person in yeah. the weed movement who pushed for this legalization moment his entire life and got to see a lot of progress, but didn't get to see it all. So I think that's a really beautiful... Very appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. amazing. All right, so you get home, you fucking collapse on the couch, right? Uh, and the world finds out about Hollyweed once again. Uh, your shit blows up. You go viral for a day. How'd you find out? Um, I found out by my ex-wife busting down the door to the bedroom and being like, Zach, Zach, it's everywhere. And, and I was like coming to him like, what? Like what? I remember sitting up in the bed and oh, I remember it so clear and her like almost like this with like the door open, you know, like, like a fucking sitcom, you know? And, and, being like what is everywhere what are you fucking talking about i had like no memory it was like fucking am amnesia or something i swear I it was like it took me a second to come to and be like what the fuck is she talking about and maybe in like a span of five seconds but it yeah, did sure. you know and, and then it hit me and i was like and and she was like come downstairs and i went downstairs and it was on tv and i was like whoa like and on Mainstream. TV, like on the news, yeah, it was like fucking, fucking CNN Channel Four, or fucking yeah. like right Whatever. then, like yeah. every time you see something like that in the movies, where they happen to turn on the TV and then it happens to be talking yeah. about right? The, right? the exact <laughs> plot point, and you're like, oh my god. So, were you worried about getting arrested for doing what you? Did? No, what came into play for me was literally doing my due diligence and looking through the law and being like. What does trespassing mean in California? Like, what does it say? I'm going to read that shit. I read what the definition of uh, vandalism was as well. I think what, that comes out of being a, a, a weed person is like if you are constantly under the threat of some law, 
and it changes depending on where you are and what you're doing. And that 100th plant is a lot different than the 99th plant. And this county is a lot different. And That's I know right. you went through all of that in that gray market area. Yep. Calculate. Add it up. Make yeah. sure it's aligned, right? Did you ever have any repercussion? Like, what was the, the backlash, if any, that you got over the sign thing? So the police, LAPD, like, reached out pretty quick. So they knew it was you. They'd seen you on the camera as they figured it out. Yeah, well, well, they just knew it was, like, a single individual. They couldn't identify who it was, but they knew it was a male individual is what they said and gave, like, the description. Chief of police fucking reading it off, and I was, like, <laughs> like waving, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I was waving at the fucking camera. And I put my Instagram handle on there as well as a tribute to Mr. Feingood on the sheets. Oh, okay, so it had your handle on, so that was, it was traceable yeah. to you. Yeah, and I, and I posted a photo. You know, it's all, like, in, in my eyes, it's hearsay. You know, anybody can just say they fucking did it, and people did. And it was, right. You know, Other people said took they took credit for it. Oh, huh? yeah. I am Sparkabus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, sorry. I am Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> so, other than that, but the, the cops didn't do any. Okay, so, so the cops show up, they get in touch. So, so they get in touch, first with my ex-wife leaving her a message saying that they need her to come down to the station, talk to her or myself about the incident. My attorney, I got an attorney on deck that came through for me and he was in touch with the LAPD and they wanted me to turn myself in on like a Friday. And he was like, no, bro. He's like, definitely don't go on on Friday. Yeah, he's like, you'll be in book until like, Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Three-day weekends are great and all, but. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, if I were you, he's like, I would just lay low. He's like, he's like, but they did say they're going to try to find you in Joshua Tree on the Central Coast. Like, just based on my Instagram post, they're like, oh, trying damn. To, yeah, trying to throw threats. And I'm like, oh, man. All right. So I, I was on hideout mode for... Uh, a bunch of like press media, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that that was going on at the time, and it was a little bit of like duck and roll, you know. Um, That's when we met. You came up to that office. You were still in this in between period where you'd done the deed, but you had not been held to account for anything in any way, and it was. Uh, some cool outlaw shit. That's fucking The outlaw days. You know, I like to tell people the 15 years at high times I started with, yeah, I'll get in the trunk of your car and go out and see your grow. And, <laughs> and now it's like, oh, I'm the CEO of Obama. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> seriously. But so it was cool. But so then when does, when, when does uh, your intersection with law enforcement happen? So that happened on the first. Happened on. I went to the station, turned myself in, catch and release. They charged me with trespassing, which I already knew by my research is like one of the hardest, if not the hardest, things to prosecute in California. There has to be some sort of offense that's tied to it, like vandalism, which obviously there wasn't because I didn't, you know, damage the sign and whatnot. So, so how did doing this change your life? Changing the sign <laughs> changed my life, really. Some people, like, will judge me for the way I look right away or, you know what I mean, and have, like, a judgment about who I am. But the second that they understand, like, something that I did, like, their mood and everything changes. It's just weird to see that, like, people get fucking punked and real. You see you see a realness in people that, like, you don't normally get to see. So I feel like, for me, that's something new to, to like, experience because you get to see, like, authenticity in life like for me personally it's just been more work which i love so it's like i was ready for this like this is what i want i bet that you got a lot of free weed after this happened <laughs> yeah tell yeah. us about that what was the what was the weed gifting like after this thing? oh bro 
so many levels of like I I had to like stop answering direct messages and shit like I or emails I just couldn't answer all of them and like but yeah just a bunch of love to Tommy Chong fucking hooked me up with some stuff oh dope nice so he loved it right yeah he loved it he really embraced the the whole thing and like really gave me a lot of love I felt like fucking king man like boss you know that's amazing yeah. so how did that happen like he got in touch with you and you guys hung out yeah yeah he had his his team like contact me through Instagram, bro. So weird. Just like to see like that play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nah, that's not real. And then I fucking got on the phone. And I was like, all right, it's real. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And we wow. set up a time to meet and like kind of took me around and we went to a bunch of shops. I imagine they roll out the green carpet at most dispensaries <laughs> when Tommy Chuck shows up. Yeah. yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> did he talk at all about the original, uh, because I know, like, 1973, oh, yeah, that Cheech was and Chong are Cheech kings of Yeah, That's right. Yeah, he did. He did remember it. And and he talked about it. He's like, yeah, I remember when it happened in 76. And, like, wow. like his team was telling me they've never seen Tommy so happy. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, swear. Like, I was just like, That's really? That's so cool, man. I was like, man. wow. Like, it was, like, really touched me. Well, you did that, man. That's yeah. amazing. It's really weird. I think out of everything, it fucking humbled me, honestly. Like, I've been in and out of, like, growing and, and art and growing and art and growing and art. And, like, finally was able to merge the two. And I felt like, fuck. And then being able to build off of that is a whole other fucking spectrum of life that I'm now experiencing. So I'm, I feel really blessed. You know what I mean? For real, man. Well, <laughs> you put yourself in the weed history books for the rest of time. People will always remember this is weed country. <laughs> there are curtains in our hearts <laughs> blocking those O's. I've been trying to get those back. If anybody can help me, if I can dial those, if I can get them. And you you got your own weed thing going now, right? Yeah, I do. Able to launch at Hall of Flowers, an expo up in Santa Rosa. Amazing event with Hollyweed. It was decided to, to brand my art and be able to carry on a torch of light and love through cannabis. So you've got an actual cannabis company now? You're, you're packaging, you're cultivating packaging weed? Yeah. Ooh, Ooh he brought is, a gift. It is a gift bag. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh my God. So, dude, honestly, this tote bag alone is so fucking awesome. It's just a black tote bag with the Hollyweed sign on it. That's incredible. And peace and love. That's so tight. Ooh, Ooh pre -rolls. there's some awesome shit yeah. in here. Should we uh, spark one of these P-Rolls up as we, yeah. as we take her home? Yeah, nice. let's light one of these up, man. So uh, look for it in your local dispensary, Hollyweed, by our good friend Jesus Hand. <laughs> That's right. Who is not only in the weed history books, but in the weed history podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Damn right. And that's for everybody in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> good shit. Well, thank you so much for coming, my man, Zach, Jesus Hands. Thank uh, you. What's your Instagram? Jesus Hands. <laughs> All right, at Jesus Hands, that's simple enough. Check out our boy Zach at Jesus Hands on social media. And thank you so much for hanging out with us and learning about a very recent piece of weed history that is so important and so relevant and that we'll remember for a long, 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 long time. Thank you for doing what you did, my man. Thank you, and sir. thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time on Great Moments in Weed History. Great Moments in Weed History is a Spoke Media production. It's hosted by me, David Bienenstock, a.k.a. Bean, and Abdullah Saeed. We're produced by Brigham Mosley and Cody Hoffmacher with help from Reyes Mendoza and Kendall Lake. Special thanks to Gold Digger Studio. This episode was mixed by Jonathan Villalobos. Our executive producers are Aaliyah Tabakolian and Keith Reynolds. 
You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at G-M-I-W-H podcast. Check out our show notes where you'll find more information about things we discussed today and links to our sponsors. And if you really love the show, honestly, the best thing you could do for us is to simply tell your friends about it at the next Smoke Sesh. Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanenstock, a.k.a. Bean. Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.